Hello, and welcome to the 15th podcast of Real Moms Get Real. I'm Maureen. And I'm Deirdre. And we are thrilled to welcome you to this next episode of our ongoing conversations about family, parenting, our children, neighborhoods, education, pets, and a whole other range of items, (laughs) right, Deirdre? Anything you can think of, uh, except for probably politics, because we want to give America a break from that, we uh, will handle it. Yeah, that's right. This is a different item altogether. But we are thrilled that you've joined us. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Real Moms Get Real. We're on Twitter as well. Mm -hmm. And we've got a full packed program for you this morning. Um, as we talk here at the end, the waning, waning hours of July, right, right, Deirdre? And uh, uh, oh my gosh, August already. It's true. And it's so hot here in Massachusetts. And uh, <laughs> I chose today 90 plus degree weather to clean some rugs with the rug doctor. So I just, uh, <laughs> I've been sweating this morning. And uh, but when you have to do a chore, you have to do it. So uh, I'm good with that. Well, look at it this way. It's your exercise for the day. Now you don't have to walk or go to the gym. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, my arms got to work out uh, switching out the water, the dirty water and the clean water. And there was lots of dirty water. So I I feel like I've already gotten something done, Maureen. I was going to say, this sounds like a huge accomplishment. (laughs) And, uh, And thank you for sparing us all the other gritty details involved with that, right? I won't tell you what I found, but yeah, it's, it's not pretty. Oh, no, that's scary. Um, Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's, Deirdre, let's get right into this news item that you are going to take us through. And parents, if you're getting ready to send your kids off to college in the weeks ahead, this is something you need to know about. So Deirdre, take it away. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. I mean, just when we thought we were kind of uh, relieved from all the press about the Varsity Blues scandal, which if people remember was the celebrity parents, including Lori Laughlin, who's always had a squeaky clean image, uh, basically paying to get their kids placed at elite universities. And um, just really kind of an ugly story about privilege and, and parenting, too because obviously that's not the best modeling. But this uh, new new item is equally ugly in a different way. And uh, ProPublica first broke the story, and it comes out of the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, parents are giving up guardianship of their children uh, in order for them to grab financial aid money. So we're talking about wealthy parents or parents, maybe not wealthy, but could afford college at at a university. They're uh, assigning guard, legal guardianship to an aunt or a grandparent so their kid can grab some of that money that is totally reserved for, you know, people who economically aren't as advantaged. So really, really not a nice story. Deirdre, do they say how widespread this is? I mean, how many people are we talking about who are doing this sort of thing? Well, it could be nationwide. And right now they've found uh, over 40 cases just in the Chicago area. So not, you know, it's pretty widespread for that you know, that amount. Now, people won't talk. People won't talk to the press about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, one father did say, uh, he was anonymized in the article, but he did say, you know, my wife works for a university and I, 
you know, I really struggled with this, but I was assured that um, nobody would be impacted. Nobody would lose money because right. my child gained money. But that, you know, beyond Maureen, the ugliness of just kind of cheating the system is the parenting, you know, the model of character mm-hmm. you're setting up for your kids. Right, right. A much more effective model from our point of view would be, look, we all know the costs of college are absolutely crushing when you talk about the tuition plus the housing plus the travel in a lot of cases. It's an abominable amount of money that families and students need to come up with. But instead of doing something like this, Deirdre, there is the responsible and teachable way of saying to your college student, look, these costs are X amount of money. We are going to figure out a plan. You can pitch in, you can take a loan, you can work a job. We will do, you know, everybody, everybody's family has their own way through this, depending on their circumstances. But as you suggest, rather than trying to cheat the system or um, have a situation where you're not fully representing who you truly are to get those benefits work it through with your teenager or your student, whatever age they may be. There are ways through this. That's not to say these these costs are fair. I mean, you know, the price of college is is uh, crushing. It's you know, crazy. it's it's so true. And you're right. And those are great points. And, you know, it's like, what happened to the old days when it's like, get a job, you know, get a summer job. You have to help with yeah. the costs. You know, what happened to the old, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, yeah. you know, make it happen. And which is exactly what some of these, uh, you know, economically under, you know, these people who don't have the advantages of wealth or even maybe a living income, frankly, that's what they're doing. They've managed to get the grades despite probably holding down jobs, you know, as teenagers to yeah. make it into university. So it's interesting. Um, a fellow named Andy Borst, who's the director of undergraduate admissions at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign said, Uh, Wealthy families are manipulating the financial aid process to be eligible for financial aid they would not otherwise be eligible for. They're taking away opportunities from families that really need it. So that sounds like at least this university is cooperating fully, and they don't want this happening either. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the difference in the Varsity Blues case. It sounds like there were people at the elite universities that were complicit. And they've been terminated. Now, let's see what happens with this investigation, Deirdre, because ProPublica is known for its investigative journalism and the awards they've won over the years for things they have exposed. So I'm willing to bet this is the beginning of a longer story. So let's see where this goes and and what our listeners and and other parents and uh, family members have to know about it all. Yeah, we'll keep our eye on this for sure. And, um, you know, note to parents, do it the old-fashioned way, (laughs) grit, hard work. And you know what? I have a student going to community college. It works for us. So, you know, there are so many routes to success today that you don't need to do this. You don't need to to be this kind of model. So, uh, yeah, very interesting story. 
Well, speaking of that quickly, look at what people like Mike Rowe and many others are saying. Not everybody needs to go to college or necessarily should go to college. You can find other paths that are very satisfying, that do important work, that accomplish goals, that bring you a good living, that provide for your family. Not everyone is meant to go to college. And, you know, when they, when people look at the numbers, um, you know, depending on the circles you're in, you know, college is popular or not popular. I mean, not everybody goes there. That's uh, right. That's right. And my son, who uh, is very, being very successful at a community college, he has a handful of friends. They've gone into the trades, whether it's HVAC or, um, ele- you know, electrician or plumber. And I'll tell you, they're really happy. And the interesting thing is they kind of knew right out of the gate you know, once they turned 18 and they were looking at colleges, you know, I, I don't think college is for me. And importantly, their parents supported that. Their parents know them the best. And their parents said, great. And you know what? Look around today, Maureen, right? The the people, the families that are doing really well financially, a lot of times they're in the trades. That's right. That's right. So it's it's not for everybody. Um uh, of course, if you want to be a professional in certain in certain uh, careers and professions, you do need the college degree and often even a master's after that. It depends. But the, the main thing is, as we're saying, there are choices and there are different avenues and not everyone has to follow in lockstep with what they think society wants of them. Exactly. And, you know, I'm still wondering if it's not too late for me to be a plumber. I don't know. I don't think I can handle the what's involved, but you know, hey, I know how to fix vacuum cleaners. That's my one little skill that I'm proud of. I I just love fixing vacuum cleaners. If I could make a business out of that, there you go. Oh, Deirdre, you could fix all kinds of appliances that everybody <laughs> needs at home. They need those things to be in working order. We could just drop our stuff <laughs> off at your house, leave it to you to fix, and we'll pick it up in an hour or two. Yeah. I'm thinking of taking over a little garage space. Actually, it's funny. This rug doctor that I rented for my rug stopped working, and I was actually psyched. I was like, oh, good. Maybe there's a problem, and I'll need to get out my toolbox, which really my toolbox is a Maxwell House coffee can. I mean, it's okay. not fair. I'm, lo- I'm loving Deirdre's rug repair. We're going to call it. <laughs> so, you know, come on. Some of these trades can be uh, lucrative and very satisfying. Yeah. Well, listen, next week I'm bringing my, uh, my vacuum cleaner over to you. So, well, drop it off and I'll give you a ticket and yep. uh, I'll give you an estimated time of repair. Hey, listen, and can you mend some clothes too while you're at it? <laughs> No, no, that, no, I'm going to stop it. Really, I think I'm going to say small appliances. I think dishwasher, I did try to fix my dishwasher off of a YouTube video and ended up making things worse. So I'm going to stop at small appliances, you know, vacuums. I have fixed a toaster. So yeah, so let's, we'll we'll leave it at small appliances. Okay, small appliances, big success. That's going to be your story. That's my company name. Thank you, Maureen. Opening soon at a garage near you. (laughs) All right, now, just pegging right off of that, we're going to go into our choices for favorite summer experiences. This is a little bit from our favorite picks, but um, Deirdre, I'll just jump in with mine. Um, 
I, at this time of year, even though it's sweltering and sometimes it's like walking through an oven, (laughs) I actually still love taking my summer walks. And now the wine berries are not blooming, of course, but the wine berries are out and pickable. And I, we have a whole bunch of um, bushes near, near where I walk along a trail. And um, I just love finding these wine berries that are ripe and delicious. You know what I do, Deirdre? I bring them back. I usually bring a little cup or a bag so I can pick whatever I find. I bring them back. I wash them off. And when I have my cereal, when I sprinkle on blueberries, I sprinkle on the wine berries. And it is such a fun and satisfying little silly thing that I do. But it's only 15 minutes here and there, but I so truly value it. And I just wanted to, to share that with us. Well, I think that's awesome. And, you know, of course, what America wants to know is, are there wine? Is there wine in the berries? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Alas, there is not. Um, And you know what? These little berries are tart. They're, um, they almost look, well, you probably know what they look. They look like um, blackberries, but they're smaller and they're red, um, which makes sense. Um, And a lot of people find this plant like very invasive because it will like grow like crazy. But yeah, when you see the little red, red berries there, that's your, uh, that's your reward for, for having those around you. So um, that is my pick for the week. Well, I love that Maureen. And I mean, just to, you know, extrapolate that out a little bit. If there was wine in the berries and you did put it on your cereal work, your work day could become very interesting pretty quickly. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that would take things in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's awesome. And who doesn't love, you know, a beautiful summer walk, you know, a beautiful summer's day. And, you know, as you and I often say, Maureen, it's really the simple things that are so gratifying. Yeah. You know, what's so funny, Deirdre, I I saw some other people on my path recently picking the wine berries. And it's funny how you get so protective of what you think is your territory, (laughs) which of course it isn't. I kept thinking, hey, leave your hands off my berries over there. next walk exactly you're like i'm sorry that section is mine and uh i get the same way at the park i get all depressed if somebody's in uh there's an open area where our our dogs all run and if there are too many people i really take it personally i'm like well i always come at this time i don't know why there's so many people here so uh that's awesome and i'll tell you um what mine is. Mine's also an experience rather than a product or a service. And that is late movies, going to the movies late at night, which usually you can only do during the summer. And, right. you know, I have a little tip for parents, especially if you're in that point at the summer where your kids are driving you crazy. You haven't really had any good communication except for yelling and screaming. And, you know, Take a beat, take a pause, and invite your kid to a late movie. You know, if it's a younger kid, you know, of course, age appropriate. Um, I just invited my youngest son, who's 20, to a late movie, and he was psyched. So, you know, I remember being so excited to do that. You know, back in the day, my dad would surprise me and say, you know, let's go check out a late movie. So try it. Think out of the box a little bit. Yeah, you'll be tired the next day, but so worth it. You know what? And that's probably something that a lot of parents don't think they should do with their older teenage 
you know, son or daughter, they probably think, oh, well, the teens need to be to, need to be together. And why would they want their mom or their dad with with them? But, you know, that's a different experience. And that's kind of a, a one on one time that if your child is, is good with it could be really, really rewarding and just fun. And I'm not above bribery. You know, I, I, have, I'm a big fan, you know, I'm like, would you please go to this movie with me? Thank goodness he said yes. But had he said no, I'd be like, mm, I'll make your lunch for a week. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that. But uh, yeah, so think outside the box a little bit. And, and uh, the other thing is teens come alive at night. So if you're parenting yeah. teens who are driving you crazy and you, and maybe you have a couple of questions from, for them about upcoming college or the upcoming school year, you know, the drive to and from the movie theater can be a great time to talk at night. They're very relaxed. They tend to be more chatty. So, you know, give it a try. Yeah, that's a great idea. And also, I would just mention that, of course, Deirdre, you and I did this when our kids were little, taking them to the movies, you know, when they're younger kids, for all the parents out there listening with with smaller children, such a special experience. Oh, my gosh. And I remember bawling my eyes out at a couple of them, like uh, The Lion King. (laughs) I remember my child having to comfort me. I know. I know. Well, that's a whole set. We should actually discuss The Lion King, maybe Deirdre, on our next podcast, because with that new version that's come out, there's a lot to chat about there. That sounds good. Perfect. Well, for our next segment, we're also going to take you into a trending news topic, which um, is, is, you know, it's it's uh, this is a tough one, but it's something that people need to know. You know, often um, people when, when they lose a pet, whether it's a dog or a cat, whatever it is, um, there's a tendency among people who really don't know animals or maybe don't have the expe- same experiences with pets to think, well, what are you grieving over? You know, get over it. It, it was an animal or only a dog or that sort of thing. But a couple of recent articles, Deirdre, that have caught our eye are really, you know, stressing that grief is grief, whether you lose a human being in your life or whether you you lose a precious animal that may have spent, you know, 10 or more years with you and your family. Um, This really struck home because not that long ago, we did lose one of our dogs and it was heart wrenching. Can I just say it was just, I mean, I still Mm -hmm. miss little Sammy. Um, We currently have Deirdre, we have our, our, our wonderful dog Chloe, who's about fourteen years old. We have two cats, and we have we have our precious bunny. But um, I can't imagine losing any of them. Although I sort of know that day, unfortunately, will one day come. But I think we have to respect the fact that when people lose a pet, it is a particular form of grief. It's a loss, and um, it's not just something you can snap your fingers. Um, and get over, you know, in a day or two. What do you, what is your thought on that? Well, it's so true. And, uh, you know, I just so empathize you talking about, you know, losing your dog. And the reason this was trending is there have been a couple of um, celebrities that have lost pets. Uh, there was um, Jennifer Aniston, who everyone knows her as an actress, and uh, she was in the show Friends. And her ex-husband, Justin Theroux, recently, even though they're not together anymore, he flew out to L.A. from New York 
to so they could have a ceremony for their dog that they were they actually had like a pet parenting plan in 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 place yeah. that three times fast but uh they got together and and to have a ceremony to bid this you know pet goodbye and there was another story right Maureen in the news yeah. Yes, there was a couple in New York City who, unfortunately, um, one of their dogs was hit by a car and died. And they were so upset that they saw a therapist to talk through the grief and, and the grieving that they were feeling. Oh, that's right. Joe Jonas and yeah. uh, his new wife. And I mean, it's a billion dollar industry, the pet industry. So it stands to reason that people are taking their, the people consider their pets family. Yeah. Members of their family. They get gifts at Christmas and at the holidays. They're treated to vacations in some cases. They have their own seat at the table in some households. Um, but pets are part of our lives in, you know, for, for many, many millions of us. Um, not everybody, of course, is a, an animal person, and that's fine, too, of course. But um, they're very important to us. You know, Deirdre, this reminds me of, of a friend of mine, Audrey, who... She was so close with her little dog, her schnauzer, Pepper. And when Pepper passed away, um, Audrey took some space in a pet cemetery near us and had a little grave marker put in. And she would visit Pepper at the cemetery once a week, every weekend. And, you know, these are cropping up. So this is real. And we just wanted to share with our with our followers and our listeners that if you've had this experience, there are people to talk to. There are services available. It is a very real thing. It's okay to go through the, the pain and anguish of losing a pet. It's very normal and know that you're not alone in the, in those cases. Oh, it's so true. And, uh, you know, my husband laughs because, uh, you know, during the child rearing years, it was like I had a pet cemetery out in my yard. I had the, I even would bury the little fish for the boys and then the hamsters, the gerbils, you know, he said, if we had little crosses out there, it would really, it would be something else. But uh, it's true. And I, uh, about six years ago, lost a horse who, um, I was very attached to this horse. His name was Nello. And I'll tell you, it remains one of the biggest losses of my of my life. And he did have a peaceful death, and I'm grateful for that. But I still sleep with his bridle uh, on my bedpost, and I still consider you know, him to, you know, be waiting for me up in heaven, which might sound kind of simplistic, but... But I really feel that way. And so anytime I hear someone loses a pet, they also have a line of pet cards now, everybody. So if you know somebody who's lost a pet, um, they do have cards for that. Go to your you know, CVS or Rite Aid and you'll find it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, important topic. And I'm glad we touched on it. And listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Share your comments on our Facebook page. And Deirdre, believe it or not, we now have to wrap up this 15th episode of Real Moms Get Real. Well, I'm sad about that because that means I'm going back to cleaning more rugs. But on the bright side, maybe the rug doctor machine will break and then I can spend the afternoon fixing it. I told you I'm bringing my small appliances <laughs> over to your big successful shop. Well, we appreciate everybody who uh, has listened today. We uh, encourage you to just grab that special time 
with your family. And remember one of our taglines, parenting is not about perfection. It's about connection. That's right. That's right, Deirdre. And our second tagline would be, we're parents, not pals. So with that in mind, and that that uh, those good reminders, Deirdre, we're going to say goodbye to our listeners, and we hope you join us next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Moms Get Real, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.